Welcome to the Half Hill Report. News and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tash Mafuni, coming to you live from the upstairs room at Half Hill's own Lazy Turnip Inn. And it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from Jinhee Frostpot, who writes to us all the way from the Shrine of the Seven Stars. And they write, Dear Tash Mafuni, big fan of the show here. Thank you. But I've noticed something recently that made me wonder about whether you might have a little problem. Oh, dear. Most weeks you report on a rally or other event held by the Red Crane Society, which, of course, is a proper news story. But the news is sponsored in part by the Red Crane Society, and your sports reporter, Jan, is married to the Society's main spokesperson, Irie. Is this wh- oh my, is this why you never seem to be critical of whatever position the society is presenting? I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on whether you have a conflict of interest here that is affecting your news reporting respectfully. Jin He Frostpot. Well, Jin He, that's <laughs> quite a letter. And you know, there's a really interesting story behind how I report on the Red Crane Society. Thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. Following up on a previously reported story, the rumors are true, and a new shopping experience will be here in just over a week. The Tawny and Wilder and Zanshiri trading posts in Stormwind and Orgrimmar, respectively, will be offering a wide variety of goods in a unique and exciting setting, everything from attire to mounts. They'll carry a rotating stock of items all on display, gear and clothing on mannequins, pets at their feet, and mounts secured in their stable. So make your plans to travel to your preferred capital city to experience shopping in a whole new way. More locally, the Red Crane Society is hosting a bake sale to raise funds to support the refugees from the village of Darakan in the Onaran Plains. Announcing the fundraising event at a rally held outside the Lazy Turnip, Irie Freeflower Ironchin, spokesperson for the Society, said to fellow members, along with a few curious onlookers, Every Pandaren of goodwill should wish to support these innocent victims of the reactionary violence by the Nokud clan of the Centaurs. Please support our efforts by buying or giving generously. And I made the red bean buns myself. <laughs> Way to go, Irie. Well, that sounds like a wonderful event for a good cause, and I'll certainly be supporting it. How about you, Jin He? The news is brought to you in part, unapologetically, by the Red Crane Society, who remind us that we're all in this together. Hey folks, you know who never has a conflict of interest? The fine vendors of Half Hill Market, who always have the best interest of their shoppers at heart. And while you're there, why not pay a visit to the Iron Paul Culinary Institute for a new recipe, and especially May May Iron Paw, whose recipe for swirling mist soup is perfect for those cold winter nights. Half Hill Market, open every day all year round. A world of shopping 
right here in our own backyard. And now, the farm report. Joe Gu's word for tomorrow's crop is pumpkins. You know, despite their unfortunate name, mogu pumpkins thrive in the rich soil of our fair valley, and their bright sweetness is an important component in mogu fish stew. And even though they do have a tendency to attract vermin, they're a popular crop for both local consumption and export. The Farm Report is sponsored by the Tillers, education and support for farmers in the valley today and forming the future farmers of tomorrow. It's time once again for our weekly feature, The Inside Story, with everyone's favorite Draenei travel correspondent, Velmik. Velmik, great to see you again, and Professor Talip is with us this week as well. Velmik, Professor, how are you both doing? Hey there, Tosh. I am well, thank you. But I'm afraid I do not have in review for you this week. But I think I have something much better. Hello, Tashi. And yes, Velmik, I think what we have to share this week is much more interesting than the in-review. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I already introduced it as the inside story, but I, I guess if you have something better... Oh, yes. It is very heartwarming story. And even better, my daughter Alice is in it. She plays a very important part. Well, that sounds wonderful. Please, go ahead. Okay, so I am getting a letter from Demisa Santilli telling me that I should come to Onaran Plains in the Dragon Isles. They were there to engage in the Nokud Offensive, to learn about the Maruk, and more importantly, we should bring Alice to meet their beasts called Bakar. I tagged along because I heard there was a storyteller there, and I want to learn more about the history of the Maruk. And I like dogs, too. Well, anybody who knows you well, Professor, knows that. This is very true, Tosh. Anyway, while Demesis and Tilly fight in the offensive, Talib and I spent some time in city Marukai, which is sacred capital of all Maruk. Here, each of clans has their own distinct district, but we spent most of time in the Shikar Rise, because this is where the Bakar are most important. The Shikar are hunters and cherish the Bakar as fellow hunters, guards, and good friends. Marukai is in the center of the Onaran Plains and this beautiful area reminds me little of both Valley of Four Winds and Nagrand. Very green with many high mountains, rivers, lakes, and streams. Behind Marukai is an enormous mountain topped by Onara's roost, which is home to the wild god Inara, very important to the Maruk. Waterfalls cascade beautifully down from top of mountain. Well, it sounds beautiful, but I want to hear more about the Bakar. Bakar are everywhere throughout the Shikar Rise. You see them running, sleeping, walking beside their companions. There was one playing in a mud puddle, which made Alice laugh for a long time. They come in many colors and sizes and are all very well behaved. I thought the pure white ones were particularly beautiful. The biggest Bakar we saw was named Taivan, and it is his story we are going to tell. He was being looked after by Hila Selbeck of Clan Tirai. 
Alice was enchanted by Taiwan, who is huge gold-colored bakar with kind brown eyes and very gentle looking. Really, really tall, towered over us. Maybe twice as tall as the average Pandaren, but clearly so gentle that none of us were afraid to pat him. Be sure to stay out of the way of his tail, though. He almost knocked Alice over. He was so happy to be petted. And you might not want to stand right under his head. There was a bit of drool. Gross. <laughs> uh, anyway, Healer Selbeck tell us that Taiwan was becoming burdened to Clan Terai because they had not found purpose for him yet and asked us to help. She asked us to take him to Hunter Jadar in the plains south of Marukai to see if he could be trained as hunter. So, after brushing Taiwan and strapping a bundle of pelts as gift to Hunter Jadar, we were off. We find Hunter Jadar in the lovely plains below Marukai. This was such a pretty place, covered in tall grass, beautiful flowers, and teeming with life of all kinds. Jadar was very impressed by Taiwan's size and appreciated the gift of pelts. But things didn't go so well there. They gave him two chances to hunt in a pack with other trained Bakar, and both times he wouldn't hunt or attack like the other Bakar. In the end, Jadar just called him too soft and sent us back to Healer Selbeck. Alice hugged him and tried to comfort him when the hunter yelled at him. Ah, that's really sweet. Yes, yes, Alice is very sweet. We have established that. Can I go on with story, please? Um, yeah, sorry. When we get back to Healer Selbeck, she said she thought Taiwan might be better suited as a herding beast and sent us to see Shepherd Tavatai, who we found in lovely area west of Marakai, standing guard over flock of Argali, a kind of sheep. The shepherd's bakar were just amazing, so calm with their charges, but firm as well. Both Alice and I could have watched them for hours. But of course we needed to see how Taiwan would do. And how did he do? Well, while the shepherd was very impressed by Taiwan's size, his herding ability, not so much. He failed at both tests of herding. He, he just couldn't quite understand what we were asking him to do. Although the shepherd was impressed by how Talib handled herself. <laughs> he even asked her if she was in the market for a new career. I told him I was happy with the one I had. So there we were. Taiwan had failed another test and we were getting ready to return to Marakai when a breathless messenger came from Healer Selbeck about an emergency and telling us we needed to return to Marakai right away. The messenger also said that she had ordered Taiwan to stay with the shepherd. When we get to Marakai, Selbeck tell us that the Nokud, the Maruk clan that is fighting on the side of the primalist, had attacked the peaceful crafting village of Darukan. Wait, Darukan, isn't that the village the Red Crane Society is holding a fundraising event for? Yes, we were telling Jeanne and Irie about our adventures over dinner, and she immediately wanted to help. Oh, dinner, huh? But just the four of you then? No, Daolin, Alice, Rizak. Oh, and Eliander and Shalat dropped by for dessert. Ah, uh, okay, so kind of everyone then. 
Come on, Tosh, are we going to do this again? No, uh, no, go on. Okay, so we go with Selbeck on mission to rescue the injured in Darukan, which we found in flames and overrun with Nokud warriors. And this is where Taiwan showed his value. Despite what he had been told, Taiwan followed us there and heroically helped us pull fallen logs and beams off injured villagers and then carried them to safety, where Alice helped healer Selbeck tend to them. Oh, <laughs> and Professor Talib here showed her skills with the bow again. I could see the defenders needed some help, so I dispatched a few of the invaders. Alice did the really difficult work. This time, Selbeck was very impressed with what Taiwan had done, and we were given privilege of riding Taiwan back to Marakai. When we got there, Selbeck pointed out young Maruk named Chimei, who had lost both of their parents in the Nokud attack. Despite all wounds being treated, they hadn't eaten or said a word to anyone since they found them. Healer Selbeck asked for our help. Alice looked up at me with sad eyes and said, Father, may I go talk to Chimei? Of course, I knew what she was thinking. I tell her yes, and we all walk over to see Chimei. At first, when Alice talked to Chimei, they don't respond. And she looks at me, and I can see she doesn't know quite what to say. But I make motion for her to keep trying. Then I see she gets idea, and she says to Chimei, I know how you feel. I am war orphan too, and was very sad for a long time. You know, sometimes having a pet helps me feel better. And that is when Alice calls to Taiwan, who comes up and curls up next to Jemei. And Tosh, it was amazing. Almost right away, Jemei looks better, starts petting Taiwan and says, I think I'll stay here for a while. Taiwan is nice. It is clear both Alice and Taiwan have a gift for helping people. And Healer Selbeck thought so too. She tell us Taiwan has proven himself a valuable member of Clan Terai. And she said she will keep him by her side for the rest of his days, rescuing who he can and healing who she cannot. Oh, Talib, Belmek. That was... Hush? Are you crying? No. Okay, maybe a little, but... Okay, come on. Who wouldn't be moved by that? A, a, a war orphan and a giant dog helping another war orphan and helping the giant dog find his heroic purpose at the same time? You couldn't write a better story than that if you tried. It's okay, Tosh. To tell the truth... I was choked up a little, too. We told you it was better than an in-review. <laughs> well, you're certainly right about that. But I do hope you're able to get back to the in-reviews next week, Velmek. You know, last time you promised us reviews of the inns and the waking shores. Okay, okay. Next time, for sure. And we'll look forward to hearing about it. Until then, Dionys Aka to both of you. See you later, Tosh. And you, Velmik? Lunch tomorrow? Oh, sure. That sounds great, Professor. Seriously. Dionys Akatosh. See you next week.
As always, we're coming to you live from the Lazy Turnip Inn, in the heart of Half Hill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. Next time your travels take you through Pandaria, drop by and see us, won't you? And when you do, remember to ask Den Den for a cold, refreshing Storm Stout brew. Brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pandarans at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a Storm Stout. Well, thanks for joining me again this week, folks. And be sure to tune in later this week for a great new comedy, Hemet and Son. Listen in to the hilarity as a retired hunter, who's now a cab driver, and his son try to find their way in a new life in the Dragon Isles. See you next week, and remember, make your own turnip. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com.